So I want to tell you a story about this kid named Levi. He was a good kid. I really think he was a good kid. He played sports. He played basketball in the winter. Kind of his, that was his fall winter sport. Then in the spring, he did a little bit of track at times. Maybe he did a little bit of baseball, depending on if he made the team, because he wasn't that great at baseball. But he was pretty fast, so it just depended on if there was anybody as fast as him on the baseball team. But he did good. Uh, you know, growing up, my uh, middle school, he was all about Minecraft. And then when he got into high school, he got really into Fortnite, which is basically Minecraft, but you, you know, kill people on the game and stuff, so it's great. Uh, you know, his parents split when he was a little bit younger, so there was, like, custody battle stuff. He was never really sure which house, you know, like, they were on a schedule, back and forth and stuff. So Levi was kind of struggling with that a little bit. But he did grow up in church. His parents went to church even after they split. They still went to church. He kind of came to 4640 on a pretty regular basis. He was a pretty good-looking kid, too, uh, I got to say. Like, he, 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 like, the girls noticed him, all right? It was not like he was invisible to them. Um, and he, he definitely could have had a girlfriend if he wanted, but he kind of looked at the whole relationship thing. He looked at a lot of, like, high school girl stuff, and it was like, you know, that just seems like a lot of drama. Not saying you guys are drama at all, but... You know, to the other people, okay? Um, you know, and so he's just like, I, I don't really want to do that. His friends dated, and he didn't really like what he saw with them. They were always, like, broke and didn't know what to do, and they were stressed out about the punctuation in the text or lack thereof and the, the emoji choice and everything. And he was like, I don't know if I want to deal with this. And so Levi had decided that he did not want to date for a while. And so he, he remembered listening to us a little bit, and you, you know what we kind of say about it. And he was just like, you know, I think I'm going to go for it a little bit. doesn't seem like I'm missing out on too much. So he goes, I'm not going to date till I'm at least 16. It's not like as soon as my birthday hits, I'm going to go find the first girl I see and start dating her because I just have to have a girlfriend when I'm 16. But I just kind of want to see, you know, I'm just going to wait for a little while. Uh, you know, but he, he did that. And so, you know, obviously through high school, there's some of those, those things. But uh, obviously he had to go um, to the dances. And so he would ask girls to go to the dance, but just go to the dance, right? That's it. Nothing else. You don't have to do anything else. You can take a guy, you can take a girl to just the dance. Just shut up and dance. Just shut up and go to the dance with me. We don't have to do anything else, all right? A dude can ask a girl to the dance, and that doesn't mean they have to start dating after the dance, okay? That's something that everybody needs to hear tonight, all right? So that's what he did. Freshman year, sophomore year, some of junior year, you know, he just, he didn't, he didn't date anybody, but he still went to the dances, he still had fun. Um, he, you know, his friends, though, he had, he had really close friends, you know, even girls that were close friends, and you were like, oh, watching it, you're like, are they going to start dating, kind of a thing, you know? But he didn't make his move. And so he always ended up in the friend zone, right? It was like, he was like, oh, maybe he'll start going out with her. But then he was kind of shy about it. And obviously he didn't want to date. So they were just like, you're my best friend, right? And then he got the shoulder tap and it was over for him, all right? But he had great friends around him too. So that kind of helped too. It wasn't like he needed this other relationship because he had good friends as long as his friends did not have a relationship of their own. How many of you have friends that like, as soon as they have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, they just disappear off the face of the planet. You're like, I don't know if they're alive or dead because they stopped talking to me completely because <laughs> of her or him, right? So that's kind of how his friends were. And then they'd come back and they'd be all sad because they broke up with a girl and he would have to sit there and listen to like sad emo music with them for a while. 
because they, you know, and all this. So he just stares at this. And his life just seemed less stressful without dating. He didn't really seem like he, he was missing anything and life seemed to be going really great. Yeah, so there's a student, um, a little bit different than Levi, named Amy, who um, came from a good family. Her dad was kind of like emotionally absent a lot of her life, but like good family, normal things. Um, Came to 4640 growing up. She knew Jesus. Um, She played volleyball. She was really good at volleyball. She super loved it. And she was also super boy crazy, like the kind of boy crazy that like their voice gets weird and different and all of a sudden they're like, I don't know what's happening and you know you know what I'm you know who the kind of girls I'm talking about okay so this was kind of Amy are you pointing at me oh <laughs> okay um, so she thought people like Levi who didn't date were kind of weird and she was like I'm gonna avoid those kind of people I'm definitely gonna like be in the dating game so this started at a very young age for Amy she was about in sixth grade when um, she you know this kid named Wesley was in her core and he caught her attention very quickly. And so um, she like thought he was totally cute and he thought she was totally cute. And so, you know, he said, let's be boyfriend, girlfriend. She's like, yay. But then they don't actually talk in person. It was like the, they like started like the streaks on Snapchat, but that was about it. Um, Until someone else caught her attention. And then that relationship was over very quickly. And um, throughout the rest of sixth, seventh and eighth grade, she was completely boy crazy. There was so many boys that she thought were just cute. There was like Aaron and Caleb, and then I think there was David, and then Jason and Cole. Oh, and Jacob. Yes, like it was. It was that kind of you know on and on and on for her. Um, so she had her first kiss in seventh grade, and also her like second and third and fourth kiss in seventh grade. Um, but she, you know, she continued to play volleyball, um, but then she got a little distracted in eighth grade by Zach. Um, and they got pretty serious pretty quickly. They got exclusive. It was like hand-holding. They go everywhere together. Um, they started like making out, maybe went a little bit too far at the end of the relationship because then high school happened. And so middle school is a whole, you know, in the past. So they broke up. And she comes to high school and there's like a plethora of guys at high school. And she was like overwhelmed with excitement for her options. It's raining men. It's raining men. So many men. So many men. Boys. Boys, guys. (laughs) Young, young. Trying, trying to become young men. Young men. Young men. That you are. So freshman year, she made varsity volleyball, pretty big deal. Um, She's still coming to 4640 because there are cute boys here she recognized as well. Um, So then sophomore year came, um, the temptations became a little bit stronger in her life to party and and that peer pressure was pretty strong. She she found out she kind of liked tequila or at least she said she did, and I don't really know if it's true. Um, she's getting a lot of attention from boys at this point. She ended up going, you know, a little bit further sexually than maybe she thought she would, but, you know, it always ended with, like, the classic line, it's not you, it's me, you know. It, it was kind of like that. Um, and then by junior year, she... Isn't it, it's me, not you? That's what I said. It's you, not... Oh, it's you. Oh, did I say opposite? <laughs> it's me, not you. You know what I meant. Unless it's, they're mean. They could have been mean. Continue, Sorry. Thanks for clarifying that, Joe. Yeah. Uh, okay, so um, by, by junior year, she kind of stopped coming to 4640, and she had met Tyler 
at a party. And um, Tyler didn't go to church, so she didn't go to church either at that point. And they quickly fell in love. And they went everywhere together. He came to all of her volleyball games. She would wait for him after class. Um, They would do lunch together every day. Um, And then they conveniently found out that um, Tyler's family isn't home during the lunch hour. So they started going to lunch at his house, just the two of them, so they could have alone time. And I don't probably need to tell you that at that point, that's when she lost her virginity. So Kyle and Sophie, they met in her freshman year, and Kyle was a sophomore. And... So they started dating. Okay. <laughs> and they took it slow. They took it slow. All right. And we got to say, like, like, Kyle and Sophie, they did it right, right? They were young, freshmen, sophomore year, so a little bit young, but they did it. They set up pretty good boundaries at first. They said stuff like, no alone private time. They only held hands. It was all they did as far as, like, physical touch for, like, the first like three weeks, so it was good, you know, um, that was something. Uh, limited frontal hugging, frontal hugging sounds gross, but limited frontal <laughs> hugging time. Uh, 11 o'clock, like conversation curfew, like they stopped, like they were like, if we, like let's not do that, and no nudes. So good. clearly Thanks, a good. really solid relationship here with great boundaries, all right? And so they did it, but then all of a sudden they, they, they set up those boundaries and they had a pretty good relationship, right? They, they, they wanted to do that, and they wanted to keep moving forward and get closer and closer. Fast forward a year, they're still dating. They have grown really close. They have terminated every single other relationship in their life because they just really like each other, right? And so the boundaries have, yeah, they've changed a little bit for Kyle and Sophie. So, you know, instead of no alone private time is all the alone, all, all the alone time, all alone time, right? Um, <laughs> They, they decided to move their little no hand-holding um, to nothing past oral sex. They did unlimited frontal hugging. Uh, no sleeping over, though. They did that. They were like, let's not, you know, not even by accident, let's not try and sleep over. So even if I leave at 5 o'clock in the morning, I didn't sleep over, okay? That was sort of their... Um, no, and then no nudes over iMessage because the cloud cannot be trusted and there was a little mishap with her mom looking Yikes. through her pictures. Um, so, you know, they learned their lesson, but they're really happy and they're head over heels for each other. And now fast forward to the end of Kyle's senior year. Might as, might as well be married at this point. Uh, they sleep over at each other's houses. They have sex on a regular basis. They're like the high school sweethearts of the school, though. They, they won, like, the most likely to get married. They've already made their plans for when Kyle goes to college, of course. They've planned trips. They plan on talking to the phone, like, every night. Uh, it's just one year. And then Sophie will go to school there with him. Kyle gives her a promise ring during the summer before he goes. They love each other, and they are never, ever gonna give each other up. Never gonna give you up, never gonna let you down, never gonna run around and desert you. Yeah, so you guys probably all know, or think you know how these stories end. Maybe you can kind of relate to one of them. Either you know someone that's in a similar situation or maybe you've been in a similar situation. Levi sounds like a lot of guys we know and 
Amy also sounds like a lot of girls we know, and everyone knows a Kyle and a Sophie, right? We all have those people in our lives that we know are, are similar to them. But the truth is, we're pausing in the middle of their story because there's a ne- next step for each of their situations. It could end up with like a perfect, happy fairy tale ending, or it could end in complete disaster. But there's a choice that has to be made by each one of these students. And we want to remind you tonight that no matter where you're at in life, closely relating to the story or maybe in a completely different stage, we're all faced with that question, what's the next step when it comes to our romantic relationships or lack thereof? And tonight, we want to encourage you to take the next step that the Lord is actually asking you to make. Psalm 25, 12b says, you will show them the right path to take. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Think about it. One step in the right direction or the wrong direction can completely change the path that you end up on. So Levi, who seems to be on like a pretty good path, if he, if he keeps going this way, he's gonna stay on a pretty good course. But if he takes one step this way, completely different course, like his, his purity could be completely compromised. Or, or maybe Amy, maybe, you know, she just keeps on the right path that she's going and she ends up in complete heartbreak, complete disaster, sleeping around with every guy at school. Or, or maybe Kyle and, and Sophie, they've, you know, they've crossed the line, they went too far, but they're like, okay, we're gonna change our mind, we're gonna, we're gonna go this direction, we're gonna stay pure, we're not gonna cross that line anymore, and they actually go in the right, it takes one step to completely change the path on which each one of these students are on. But let me just say this about a serious relationship. I have never in my life heard someone say, a couple that's ready to get married or a married couple say, man, I wish I would've had sex before we got married. Oh man, I wish we would've like shared more about everything in our lives before you know we got married. But I have heard people say, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that before I got married. I wish I wouldn't have crossed that line before I got married. So we wanna encourage you tonight. There's a choice in every single life of what step is next. And for these ones, what what step is gonna lead them down the path that Psalms talks about in Psalm 16, six? Your pleasant path leads me to pleasant places. I'm overwhelmed by the privileges that come with following you, for you have given me the best. So what's going to be their next step? So Levi, he didn't date till his senior year. He waited basically through like through most of high school, right? And then he met Ashley. He really, really liked her and she was cool. She was awesome. And he finally decided this girl, all right, I I didn't seem like she's too much drama, any of that stuff. He was just like, I think this is the one. I, I think she would be worth it. I haven't dated in a long time. This will be my, my first girlfriend, but you know, we connect in all the great, like in great ways. I just love it. Let's do it. So Levi, he didn't date in middle school and he didn't date most of high school. But what he did do is he spent quite a bit of time on Instagram or Twitter looking at the wrong stuff. His dad had HBO and Cinemax late night. Levi had a porn addiction from the time he was 12. He tried to get over it. He tried to like get past it, read the right books, talk to the right people on all of those things, but he just never could get past this addiction in his life. You know, and, and pornography is obviously just like really like harsh stuff and it's difficult, but he was really respectful to girls in person. Like he wasn't like this like misogynistic guy that just sort of like saw girls as these images. He was really kind and everything, but 
what was going on in his head, what it was thought life was just a mess. He'd fantasize about every cute girl that was in school. And truth is, he spent a lot of time at night just like seeking after pornography and trying to get that, that like that high basically. And so a part of him felt like, well, here's some things, at least I'm not having sex, right? Pornography is better than that. Can't get anybody pregnant by looking at pornography. That's awesome. You know, and he's thinking, I'm not dating anybody. So, and I'm, I'm 17 years old. I kind of need some like help. I need a release or something like that. And so he's kind of, he's going, maybe that's why it's okay if I do it because, you know, I just need something. Or he goes to school and he's like, all the guys are doing this. All the guys are talking about this. This is just something that they're doing. So it's not that big of a deal. He kind of thinks it's not hurting anyone. And I think this is something, you know, that we think a lot, which, which he thought was, I'll stop when I get an actual girlfriend. Mm. I'm, I'm going to just do this because I don't have a girlfriend. But when I get a girlfriend, I'm not going to do it again. You know, and so we go back to his relationship with Ashley. Ashley and Levi, they meet at 4640. Ashley really wanted to have, like, she was really passionate about God. She wanted to have a God-honoring relationship. And Levi seemed to kind of check off all those boxes. He was good. He was kind. He was sweet. He worshiped. You know, he did all those things. And so she said, you know, this is going to be the guy that I think I want to start dating too. And so one month into Levi and Ashley's relationship, they have their first kiss. And it was just magic, right? And they, they both waited for this moment, and it happened. And I know it's kind of lame. You're just like 17 years old, and here's your first kiss, right? But good for them for waiting so long. And so they did. But right after this, it kind of like clicked. Something clicked in Levi because it was like, this was his first, like he's, he's obviously been exposed to so much, but this was real. And our hope would be like, oh, this is real. I don't want anything else besides this because this is so much better. But it, it didn't work like that for him. But, so Levi was having a really hard time, although he thought like the girlfriend would be the solution. It wasn't. And he continued to look at pornography. He thought the girl would solve the problem porn was answering before he was in a relationship. And so Ashley started to, to notice that Levi, like they kissed and then they kissed a little bit more and, and he was getting a little handsier, and, and then she thought, this is okay because he's Christian, and so he's probably, like, he, he probably knows, too, like, you know, and we're okay still, and so she sort of just, like, trusted him a little bit more, and so first kiss turned into first, like, make-out time, and then turned into, like, first hand up the shirt, and then it turned into first hand down the pants, and all of these things, and Levi kept pushing, and he knew it was wrong, but there was these expectations in his mind of what this should look like because he had seen so much before on Instagram, on, on Twitter, and on, on these shows and all of these things. He'd seen this, and he had this expectation of what this relationship should feel like and what his, his girlfriend should be doing. And he, except the problem was, is Ashley, she, she didn't do these things. He, she didn't meet those expectations for him because she wasn't one of those kinds of girls. Mm -hmm. And Ashley broke up with Levi three months into their relationship leaving Levi brokenhearted. He thought if he waited, he waited for that perfect girl, then that first one, she would be the one. And he dove head, like just dived right into this relationship, gave her a whole, his whole heart. But after three months, he's just left completely broken because this addiction messed it all up. And he was, it was over because, before he could even figure out how to fix it. Yeah. So Amy finds herself in a pretty dark place. 
her and Tyler didn't work out. She felt pretty empty, um, especially after giving, you know, her virginity away or however you want to phrase that. Um, she felt pretty empty going to parties and drinking. That wasn't really like fixing anything inside of her anymore. She was pretty lonely. And some of her friends on the volleyball team were like, hey, let's go out. You know, they're trying to like distract her, but they were just like temporary fixes for her. So one night after a volleyball game, they had lost. And so she was obviously like pretty bummed about that. And she went home and she just locked herself in her room. And um, Tyler hadn't come to the game that night. And so this like, she was like overcome with like sadness and this emptiness and she didn't really know what to do. And then her Bible caught her attention. That was on her nightstand that she had gotten in middle school at 4640. So she's like, I don't know, I guess I'll give this a try. She opened up her Bible, just randomly opened up and she opened up to the book of Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 it's kind of in the middle of the bible it says come now and let's deliberate over the next steps to take together Yahweh which means God in Hebrew promises you over and over though your sins stain you like scarlet i will whiten them bright like bright new fallen snow even though they are deep red like crimson they will be made white like wool. And in that moment, Amy started to remember and she started to recognize that, that little still small voice that she remembered way back in middle school when she came to 4640. And, and there was like a little bit of like hope of like, oh yeah, I, I, rem, I, rem, I remember that, that way that Jesus made me feel when I would worship and, and when I'd spend time with him. And she decided in that moment, I want to try this again. I want to have that relationship with Jesus back. She wanted something different because her life wasn't working. So she gave her life back to Christ. So Kyle leaves for college and leaves Sophie there to finish off her senior year of high school. And the long, long distance relationship begins. And it goes great for like a month (laughs) or two. And, you know, like Kyle and Sophie, they talk every night trying to stay awake between snaps. And they even listen, like they even listen, like listen, they even talked like on the phone a couple times. Um, pretty romantic. Uh, they FaceTimed, falling asleep. Like they tried to like pull, put their pillow up in a way that this, they could look like they were sleeping like at the same place, even though they were just FaceTiming. Right. And they did all of that stuff. But then college happens for Kyle. He gets busy. Uh, he has to study so his grades don't suffer, and he has to, you know, there's all these activities in the college, all of that stuff happens, and so Sophie hasn't had much of a social life outside of Kyle for a while because he was her life for so long, and so rather than, like, going, like, well, this senior year, let me just go find some other friends because he's busy, instead she just kind of sits there at night, and her mind is racing, and she's like, is he cheating on me? Is there cuter college girls there than me? What's happening? Is he not happy? You know how it gets when, you, when that happens. And so the FaceTimes get a little shorter and the snaps, they get fewer in between and farther and far and few between. We're gonna get real sad here, everybody, okay? And then it happens. He calls her on the phone. Says, Say something, I'm giving up on you. And then nothing. <laughs> I'll be the one if you want me to. Turn it off! <laughs> it's 
fine, okay? But they break up. <laughs> they break up. I'm going to cut it. Like, he's just like, it, it's, he doesn't do the, it's not me, it's you, or you, it's me, whatever it is. He doesn't do any of that. He's just like, I think we need to be done because this college thing and this long-distance relationship isn't working. And the aftermath of this is ugly. Both of them have to pick up the pieces of these lives that completely evolved or, and like revolved around each other. And so they're trying to figure it out. And so Sophie's going, I don't, who are my friends anymore? How am I supposed to go through a senior year in high school when I've just been devoted to this guy and now I don't even have that? What's, what's my senior year going to even look like? Kyle tries to stay busy, you know, at school, but man, he goes home and he goes to bed and he starts thinking about it and he gets sad. So then on the weekends, he decides, well, I might as well hit up some parties and get something in my system that will help me stop thinking about this. And so for this cute little relationship that started in the ninth and 10th grade, this high school relationship, the pain all of a sudden that they were experiencing, it felt really grown up. Yeah. So we have three very different stories here. I want to go back to Amy for just a minute. Um, and I want to just talk for a second. Um, I think this is very much to both genders. But Amy lost her virginity at a young age, but I think she lost her purity way before she lost her virginity. And there is a significant difference between purity and virginity because Amy was seeking the approval of, of boys and do they like me? And that was what her attention was on. And so her heart and her emotions and, and all of these things, they, boys became idols in her life. And she was seeking that way more than she was seeking God. And I just want to like tell you, the Lord is not just looking for physical purity. The Lord is looking for purity of heart, of mind, in our words, in our actions, in how we think, in all of the things that we do. There's purity in every part of who we are. And Psalms 118 23 or 1823 says, I've done my best to be blameless and follow all of his ways, keeping my heart pure. This verse is talking about keeping our heart pure. It doesn't say keeping my virginity. It says keeping my heart pure. And yes, part of that is keeping our virginity, but there's so much more to it. So I think when Amy came back to Jesus and, and she, she asked him for forgiveness and she repented of the things that she does, I, I believe in that moment, the Lord restored her purity right? Yes, she had lost her virginity, but in that moment, that purity was restored in her when she came to him with all of her yak and said, I'm so sorry. The Lord can actually redeem and restore purity in our life. It reminds me a lot of King David when he wrote this um, about what God did for him. Psalm 18, 6 says, I cried out to you in my distress, the delivering God, and from your temple throne, you heard my troubled cry. My sobs came right into your heart and you turned your face to rescue me. And, and I just picture this moment that, that Amy had in this very broken and lonely place when she cried out to God and, and the sobs, her cries, they went straight to the heart of her savior who, who willingly forgave her, who reached out and said, absolutely, your sins are forgiven. I have made you as white as snow. And we serve a God who's so present in our situations when we ask him to be. And we serve a God who makes us pure and frees us from sin when we come to him. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, God has united you with Christ Jesus for our benefit. God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy and he freed us from sin. 
And Amy began to find that freedom when she took those steps towards God. So going back to the story with Levi, there's this interesting statistic uh, that says that 85% of men look at porn and the other 15% are lying. So that kind of gives you um, a little idea of how much of a rampant problem this is. And the truth is, guys, the, the difficulty with this is when I say the word pornography, I think there it, the world would define that one way. But I think if we ask Jesus how he defined it, it would be defined a lot differently. When we ask Jesus how he defines it, we're thinking, oh, it's just like the, like the triple X websites. It's, you know, it's all of that stuff. But then we got to go, okay, what about the stuff that we see on Twitter? What about the stuff we see on Insta? What if, about the stuff that we see on that favorite show on Netflix? All of those things. And we realize that there's, that, that there's plenty of stuff that, we are, we are, that is kind of rewiring our brain as far as what sex should look like, what the, the relationship with it, what the women's body should look like, what the woman's body should be used for, all of these things, we start, it's rewiring our brains. And so what we have to do is we can't listen to the world and go, no, like, it's okay, like Twitter, like, it's, like that stuff, Snap, you know, what, whatever you find on TikTok, that's okay. It's just like, like pornography. That's when you're getting into trouble. No, there's plenty more because it's what's going on in our hearts. Yeah, and this isn't just a male problem either. Ladies, we struggle with this as well. There is a church that has a ministry that's specific to helping people come out of an addiction to porn. And it says one in three visitors to all adult websites are women. Some teen girls are viewing online pornography for half an hour or more at a time. That's one in seven have done this on multiple occasions. And 17% of Christian women, people who love God, struggle with porn. And here's the big problem with this. And, and Jesus defines it so clearly. He says in Matthew 5, 28, however, I say to you, if you look with lust in your eyes at the body of a woman who is not your wife, you've already committed adultery in your heart. And so there's this idea of like what we see with our eyes. What is pornography? It is a complete like visual like high is what we're getting when we're looking at that. And so we're, it's a stimulation of the eyes. And we're looking at those women with lust, with like clear sexual like eyes, right? And so God is, Jesus saying right here, if you look with lust at eyes of the body of a woman, you've already committed adultery in your wife. And like, well, I'm not married, so that's okay. But it's still this idea of, A, you could consider you're committing adultery to your future wife. Mm -hmm. And also you could just be saying, it's still the same as having premarital sex. When I'm looking at these things and, and I'm, maybe I'm masturbating to those things or whatever, I'm, 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 rewiring my brain and I'm choosing to do something in my heart that to be honest if that person was there in the like in the flesh I'd probably do the same thing and so that's what we have to ask ourselves and we have to realize that this is a big problem and so what I've done in my life like this has been a struggle for me in the past and so I have boundaries and I have these things set up I have a thing called uh, covenant eyes on my phone it literally takes screenshots of my screen so that if there's something that I'm looking at that's that's not good, it'll take a screenshot and it'll send to my accountability buddies in my small group. And so they, they can see like, if, or it'll give them a link and say, hey, this link came up and this has a lot of bad stuff on it. And so it's accountability that way. I have all these different like parental controls that I don't have the pin to on all sorts of like my sling or Netflix or whatever. So that way I can't just go and watch whatever I want because there's, I, there are moments when we are weak, we need to have those boundaries set up. In those moments when you feel strong, you maybe don't need those boundaries because you're just not going to watch it. But that's not when you need the boundaries. The boundary is when you're getting close and you're feeling weak and you're starting to walk towards that line. 
That's when you need those, those helpers that are going, I would watch that if I could, but I can't, so that's okay, so I'm going to go to bed instead of doing that. So it's so crucial that you get accountability, and we here at 4640, the blue team, your small group leader, would love to help you set that up, and sometimes it just takes like a, a yuck, trust me, yuck conversation with a parent saying, this is what I'm struggling with, and I need help, because oftentimes you need help in your home to, to keep you accountable in those, in those ways. Yeah. So back to Kyle and Sophie, I think, I mean, best case scenario for a high school relationship, right? Like, right. Yeah. I mean, you start a relationship in high school that there's like all sorts of statistics that say that, um, relationships in high school will not last. You will not marry the person you date in high school. And so you have to realize that this relationship is going to end in breakup. And so our challenge to you, and we obviously we would say, don't date until after high school. That's sort of like our blanket statement. But maybe you're already dating, or maybe you're, you're just like, that's not realistic anymore for me, and I don't want to do that. And it's, we can't say that it says in the Bible to not date until you're 18. But we would say this, take it slow. Yeah. Probably even slower than you think you should. Maybe the first step is not asking that girl out. Maybe that first step is, I want to become really close friends with that person. And I'm going to be friends with that person for a while. And then, you know, and that's just more like acquaintance, like we hang out. And then maybe we're going to have a closer friendship where we're having a little bit more like private communication or we're just like hanging out a little bit more. And then I want to like go do stuff with her because we're close friends. And so it's like, hey, let's all go to the movies and we go to do those things. And then maybe finally after like six months or a year of developing that relationship, you start dating. And now all of a sudden you have these new sets of boundaries where you're going, okay, let's take this, now that we're exclusive in this relationship, let's start setting up more boundaries. Because like we saw with Kyle and Sophie, they had those boundaries, but it was so long that they had to hold, like, hold up to those boundaries. And it's so hard to do that. Yeah, and, and kind of going back to Amy, the Bible says don't awaken love before the time is right. And I think like recognizing, like Joe's saying, the longer you can push it off, the longer you can wait, the better off you're gonna be, the, the safer your heart's gonna be, the less brokenhearted you're gonna be. And I think too, like making your mind up before you're actually in a relationship. I think sometimes it's hard if we try and make a decision in the moment, like oh, I don't wanna have sex before marriage, but your clothes are off. It's like, oh, it might be a little bit too late at this point. Um, you know what I mean? So like making your mind up beforehand to stay pure with all of your being, with your heart, with your mind, with your thoughts, with your action, and with your body. So looking back at my, in relation, my relationship with Julie, my wife, my least favorite time of that relationship was the engagement period, it's the okay? Worst. It's the worst. worst. Especially like if you've waited to have, like if you've waited to have sex until you were married, which me and Julie did, that is the worst time in the world because here's why. It's not, yes, it's just like, yes, we want to have sex. But the problem is, is I have now spent like a year and a half dating her. I have grown very close to her. And now we have also accepted my marriage proposal to be wedded and she <laughs> will be my wife, but she's not my wife. But now we start living life like she is my wife and, 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 and I am her husband. And we start sort of like changing our mind. And what happens is this emotional intimacy between the two of us just goes through the roof, all right? Throughout our relationship, that's growing and growing and growing. The thing that the truth is, though, that your physical intimacy 
kind of is tied to that emotional intimacy. If you are in a relationship and you are like very emotionally intimate, then you want your physical intimacy to match that emotional intimacy. How many times have you heard just like, oh, we're so in love, that's why we had sex that night, or whatever, like, right? It's, it's yes, it's kind of this like hormone stuff, but it's also, I'm close to this person, and I want to feel, I want my, what feels like my heart, sort of my soulish area to match the physical. And so what happens is you just, launch your, your emotional intimacy. You get so close, you're talking all the time, you're spending so much time together, you're isolating yourselves from friends, and you're just, it's just you and them the whole time, and that just cranks up that emotional intimacy. Well, now there's a gap, and our natural tendency is to wanna to close that gap. And you can't, and, and so what are you gonna do? You're gonna try and just be less emotionally like connected and just be like, I hate you, you're, you know, and stop talking to them. Try and bring down the emotional intimacy. That's not gonna happen. What's gonna happen is you're gonna try and raise, you're gonna slowly raise that physical intimacy with that person. And it's so hard because at some point, if you are following like Christian boundaries of dating, you're gonna reach a point, a line in the sand basically where you're going, I can't go past this, but my emotional intimacy is way over there, but I can't go past this line in my physical intimacy. And so now you're spending years in high school just staring at the line. You're just going, I can't cross that line. What are we gonna do? You know, it's just like, she looks really cute today. I can't cross that line. You can't focus on anything else besides the line all of a sudden. Because why? Well, your emotional intimacy is just sore and you're just going when you're having those cute talks and all of a sudden you get her the perfect thing for Valentine's Day and all that. But you can't cross this line, right? And so this is what we're saying. You have to be careful. We're going, yes, watch your physical boundaries, but take the emotional stuff slower because they want to stay close. They want to kind of, one needs to pull in the other. And so if you push your physical boundaries too far, if you have that mistake, it's also just as hard to pull down that emotional boundaries, it's hard, or that intimacy down. It's just as hard to go, oh, we've had sex once, but let's not do that anymore. And try and pull down that physical intimacy. It's just the same as trying to pull down that emotional intimacy, and it can be really difficult in your life. So you need to have accountability in your life, in these relationships even. Not just, not just your private, like, what you're watching or what's on your phone, but also in your relationships. You need to have people asking you questions, going, what's going on? And then you just need to be careful and realize, I'm in high school, and the close, like, the soonest I could get married is, like, three, four years, and I don't even know if I'll be ready to get married then. And so I can't push this relationship that far because then I have nowhere else to go, and I'm gonna get myself trapped in a corner and I'm gonna start making mistakes. Yeah. Students, your next step matters. No matter where you're at. So if you guys would just close your eyes for a minute, I just wanna like, let's do some self-evaluation for just like a quick sec. Where are you at with your purity? Maybe, maybe some of you in this room are like, yeah, Pastor Sarah, I've messed up. I've crossed the line, gone too far, and it sucks. Maybe some of you are in a relationship right now where, where you're like, yep, we are sexually active and I don't know what to do about it. Maybe some of you have never been in a relationship, but you struggle with porn or masturbation. Maybe some of you really want a boyfriend or a girlfriend, but you've never had one. And so, so you daydream and you, and you spend all this time thinking about what a relationship would be like. Where are you at tonight? 
think maybe some of us just need to ask for forgiveness. Maybe, maybe it isn't a physical sin you've committed, but maybe it is emotionally. You've been impure, you, you've sought the approval of guys or girls instead of seeking God's. You've made relationships this idol, and we need to ask for forgiveness. We've been impure with our thoughts and our mind. Think about where you're at tonight. So Jesus, would you forgive us for where we've crossed the line, for where we've gone too far physically or emotionally, God, where we've been impure, Lord, we want to be pure before you. We wanna have a clean hands and a pure heart, Jesus. Lord, forgive us for where we've messed up and make us right with you. And Lord, what's our next step? What's our next step tonight when we go home? After, after we leave 4640, what should we do? You say that you're a light to our path. You say that if we need wisdom, you give it generously, Lord. So would you give us wisdom on the next right step to take in our path? Or maybe some of us need to break up with a boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe some of us need to get covenant eyes on our devices so that we can break free from the addiction that we have. Maybe some of us need to to talk to somebody about our struggles. The Lord forgives our sins, but the Bible says if we confess to one another, then our sins can be healed. We can find healing when we actually confess it with our mouths to somebody who's safe, an adult, a blue team, a pastor, a teacher, somebody, somebody who's trusted. We can find healing from what we're struggling with when we confess those things. So Lord, what's our next step that we need to take? Jesus, I bless every one of these students with purity. I bless every one of these students with the courage and the boldness to take the next right step, Jesus. Lord, that it would matter to them because it matters to you. The state of our heart, the state of our mind, the state of our body, it all matters to you, Jesus, and you have created us for you, to bring you glory and honor. And so Jesus, would we do that with all of our being? Lord, show us the next right step to take. Bless these students with purity, Jesus. I pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening at 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.